Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. I'm glad you hunt me up if you found me. I always have to remind everybody I'm now on most of the podcast outlets, whether it's Apple or Stitcher or Spotify or TuneIn. There's some others, I think. iHeart picked me up now. Point being, though, I don't care where you get me. I'm also on KVLF out in uh, West Texas and some other smaller channels that, that it gets filtered to. This show has been on over 20 years now, and it's mostly about supposedly gardening, organic gardening, not just gardening. I am very anti-chemical in things, especially that I'm going to eat, much less the ridiculous amount of pesticides and herbicides we put on our lawns. It's just unreal, so I try to avoid teaching that. Matter of fact, I try to convince people they don't have to do that. But I also, because of the way the world has turned over these last 20 years, I do bring up climate change. It, it is changing, folks. I don't know if any of you want to disagree with that completely, but it, it's a problem. And included in that, of course, it becomes political only in that we're, for a, a, at least last four or five years, stopped protecting a number of our national forests. We took a hundreds, literally hundreds of laws, rules, uh, off of protections of our environment. We're trying to get those put back in place. We all have to live here together, and we have to share this little blue marble together. So I try to update at least one quarter of my show on kind of just what's going on around the world. And yes, it sounds political. I don't mean it to be. I'm not on either team there. I'm on the team that's safest for you, your children and their children, and the environment around us. So uh, this is going to start with a little report uh, from the United Nations on climate. It's recently come out, if you haven't seen the new IPCC. That's the International Panel on Climate Change, just, just FYI. It consists of well over 100 scientists from all over the world, nobody with an axe to grind. You know, there's always these uh, fake news rumors, well, they only claim what they claim because they are getting paid tons of money to uh, to put these reports together and that's just not true folks most of these guys I call them they're kind of like uh, starving musicians they're starving scientists and really mean and try to follow and understand what's going on in this ever shrinking world we live in Unfortunately, the United Nations' latest climate report paints a pretty dire picture of a yet continuing to warm planet. Putting more pressure on the oil and gas industry, especially to change business models and operations to avert the worst consequences of climate change, because they see, and I agree, it's coming on even faster than the scientists of a decade ago even ever realized could happen. The unbacked Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, a group of hundreds of climate scientists around the world, last week, about 10 days ago now, issued its sixth report. It's almost 4,000 pages, and it's an analysis of climate research that forecasts extreme temperatures and weather a decade earlier than was expected. This latest report found that unless there are immediate and large-scale reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, it will almost be impossible to limit global warming to the targets set out by the Paris Agreement back in 2015. This latest report makes clear the clock has run out on business as usual for high-carbon industries. 
including oil and gas. This report's really just one more confirmation that fossil fuel dependence is risky and unaffordable to the health of our planet. It's crystal clear that the oil and gas companies really do need to make some big changes and pretty damn quick. Although the UN findings put mounting pressure on oil companies and their investors to rein in greenhouse gas emissions, a lack of kind of really concrete solutions will continue to expand the vast divide between us in the United States and European companies in their approach to combating climate change as we now know is well on its way. European oil majors, oh, such as uh, BP and Royal Dutch Shell, we all know those, and Total E Energies have moved aggressively over the past year to shift from fossil fuels and expand investments in wind and solar power to meet their net zero carbon emissions. They remain invested, though, in highly profitable oil projects while divesting other oil assets to pay for their energy transition. American oil majors like ExxonMobil and Chevron have been much slower to shift away from fossil fuels. Betting that the world's growing population will continue to rely on gasoline, jet fuel, and natural gas to power their economies. Instead of focusing on renewables, these companies are looking to engineer their way out of the climate conundrum, investing heavily in carbon capture and storage technology to remove greenhouse gases from oil and gas operations and other polluting industries. At the same time, companies are also moving to end routine flaring of excess natural gas from shale wells. And boy, have I seen that out in West Texas firsthand. On a slightly more optimistic note, the American Petroleum Institute, that's the nation's largest oil and gas trade group, said in a statement, achieving a lower carbon future will require new approaches, new policies, and continuous innovation. And our industry will continue to lead the way by further reducing emissions, advancing cleaner fuels, investing in groundbreaking technologies, and advocating for the direct regulation of methane and market-based solutions like carbon pricing. Environmental groups, however, argue that the UN report is an urgent call to wean the world off of fossil fuels as wildfires rage across the West Coast, record-breaking heat sweeps the nation, and hurricanes at this moment are threatening the whole Gulf region. In combination, incidentally, the UN report comes on the heels of the International Energy Agency report, which warned nations they need to halt oil and gas development this year to meet the 2050 net zero emission targets. Both reports are expected to push companies and their investors to speed their shift from fossil fuels as quickly as is possible. Activist investors have already shaken up the board at Exxon, who for a long time, folks, has just kind of held off in the face of climate change. Exxon shareholders this past May voted to add three directors backed by the activist hedged fund engine number one, which with a quarter of the board seats has now much more influence than in the past. 
Folks, the world must urgently wind down fossil fuel supply in an orderly and transparent way and halt the high-risk, high-cost oil and gas exploration now. It's either that or face physical catastrophe, stranded asset cost in the hundreds of billions to our infrastructure, and a shock to the world's economy a thousand times greater than what the current COVID pandemic has done. What we need to do now is to realize that the United States is a global leader in clean air and water and also the largest oil and gas producer on earth right now. And they're not mutually exclusive. We should not let some reports out there making catastrophic claims and projections drive overly aggressive regulations. We need to be careful about that for sure. Ironically, some in the oil business, especially those offshore drillers, merely say that's all the more reason for them to do more offshore drilling because they claim it has a much lower carbon footprint. Folks, it's still fossil fuel. We need to figure out how to reduce and eventually eliminate that from our energy sources. At least we forget, don't forget, the BP Deepwater Horizon explosion of 2010 it almost ruined our Gulf of Mexico. There's still effects everywhere, all over, up and down the coast from Mexico to Florida. We need to consider that. We've only got one Gulf of Mexico, too, and we're not treating it very well right now. All of us realize that uh, the oil and gas demand won't drop to zero overnight. We're aware of that. But what we do need to do is get a handle on these companies to make them go to the net zero mark as soon as is truly reasonable. We're not trying to put them out of business. We have a heck of a lot of people. Matter of fact, I'll give you some numbers in a minute. In the oil industry, although most people don't realize at this point, if you add up everybody in the wind power business, the solar power business, the hydro electric business, they far exceed the number of employees currently working in the oil industry. And as we convert over, there'll be thousands and thousands more jobs. Sure, will they need retrained? Will they need relearn? Yes. Oh, and another mention is, believe it or not, the current jobs in those what we call clean energy companies are actually paying more than those folks working right now in most of the petroleum industry. We do have to realize that ultimately this energy transition and reduction to carbon emissions will have profound implications, especially I happen to be in Texas, folks. Houston, still known as the energy capital of the world, and Texas is the nation's top oil producing state at this moment. So it bears mentioning that there's about 150,000 workers right now in the oil industry here. However, that's down about 60,000 from just 2020. Down in a, in a year, a year and a half, they've lost, not lost, they've not any longer needed 60,000 employees. That sounds negative. On the positive side, even though it's not right here in Texas and Houston, wow, we lost 60,000 jobs to the, the oil production business. We gained over 80,000 already back into solar, wind, and hydropower. So it's a net gain. That's something that we have to keep our eyes on as this whole economy shifts from oil-based to 
clean energy based, there's still jobs and, it, and they're clean jobs and they're good jobs. And the number one is they're not polluting jobs. Yes, it takes power to build these things. And yes, there's going to be a CO2. But the net gain on the environment is tremendous as we shift from petroleum and gas to solar, wind, and other forms of clean energy. And that's my food for thought for the day. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.